0: welcome back to the back pain podcast episode 92 you are not your mri let's go welcome to the back pain podcast with rob and dave the only show geared specifically to help educate you about your back pain we talk to the experts to bust the myths break down the science and give you all the top tips for living pain free so, if you're driving to work, tidying the house, or even laid up at home in pain, we have something for everyone. Welcome back, to Back Pain Podcast family. My name is Dave Elliott, and I'm joined by my fantastic co-host, Rob Bevan. Hi there, Rob. Hi there, Dave. How are you doing? Oh, I'm great. I'm ready for this one, mate. Uh, this is Brilliant. episode 92. Can you believe it? Uh, today, we are back talking about MRIs for you wonderful folks at home. Now, I know that we've mentioned MRIs quite a few times on the pod previously. However, it's something which we could talk about at length again and again. And I hope that this information really does help because it is something that keeps coming up. Um Today, we've called this podcast, You Are Not Your MRI, and you'll see why. I mean, look, MRIs, let's get it out of the way, shall we? MRIs are seriously cool. Um, They're an advancement in medicine and technology. They're, They're frankly amazing, and they're some of the best diagnostic imaging we have. However, unnecessary MRIs have taken a bit of a beating in healthcare circles recently. They've been blamed for creating persistent pain within patients, um, for failure to recover, and also they've been blamed for increased risks of having surgery. But I mean, is it the fault of the MRI, or is it the reporting to patients of said MRI? Rob, what's your thoughts?
1: Well, uh, I guess the issue with an MRI is first and foremost, it's not good at seeing pain. And that's what a lot of patients will expect. And people listening to this might expect that when they have an MRI, it's going to show them, you know, where the pain is, or going to show them pain, or you can see pain, or there's going to be something that's going to ping up bright red and hot. And I mean, it's really, that's exactly where the pain is. And whilst that can of course sometimes happen if you've got an acute injury you've got a fracture yes it's very good you can spot that pretty early on but the issues with mris is it shows everything so an mri will show you everything that's happening underneath your skin and that might sound fantastic you might think brilliant or of course i want to see everything but most people walking around have something on an mri that could probably be blamed on some back pain and that's whether they even have pain or not or that it might not even match their findings So radiologists, radiologists who are the people who report on the MRI scans and sit there and look at scans all day and they write, write up the reports. They're fantastic at reading the reports and preparing the reports on exactly what's happening. However, many or a lot of the information that they write down isn't necessarily relevant, you know, to, to the patient. You know, they're, they're not the radiologist is sat there just looking at the scan. They're not assessing you at the same time. They haven't spoken to you. They just have often one or two lines of, you know, patient X has, you know, six weeks of low back and leg pain, and that's about it. Okay.
0: So the skill then is in managing this. It's how to explain said report with all this different information in to the patient in front of them. Um so so what we 're talking about here guys is when a report shows something like severe spinal degeneration or disc disintegration. Now we know that that 's a really horrible phrase by the way, but that patient has only had pain for two weeks, so they might not realize that something has been degenerating in the background. It is then how we phrase these findings and explain that although that sounds like particularly horrible phraseology um, it 's not necessarily the worst thing it's quite a natural process often, and that's Going to possibly dictate how they handle their recovery. What do they take out the room with them?
1: Yeah, and if you think of, if anyone listening, you might have been told that, or might have been looking at a scan right now, going, "Oh, I don't know what this means." You know, would you rather hear from your clinician or your therapist or whoever is sat there with with your scan results? You know, you have severe degeneration. You have spinal arthritis, or your spine is crumbling. You know, or this won't ever improve. You know, I've heard you, you've got the spine of an eighty-year-old, and you're in fact thirty years old. Or would you rather hear you have a normal spine for your age? It's strong and stable. It's just painful right now. You know that's a far better mental picture, and then you can imagine that's going to have a much better impact of empowering a patient. It's going to have you know if we're sat there trying to give you exercises and someone's told you've got a crumbling spine, and I'm saying pick up this heavy weight, it's really not going to fill you with very much confidence, is it? So you can understand why there might be a bit of a breakdown in you know kind of understanding of problems and stuff.
0: Absolutely. So, language is important here. Um, I mean, look, which one is going to empower the patient and encourage active recovery, movement, and progress, and which one's going to promote fear and likely avoidance of of movement or activity entirely? Um, I know I'd much be, ra- I'd much rather be told I've got a normal spine, and yes, there is some degenerative change, but it's strong, stable, and it's painful right now. But I will get through this. Much rather than being told, "What's that? I've got a spine of an eighty-year-old," um, or um, uh, you know. A crumbling spine, arthritis, that's going to stop me from doing things. So how are we setting that patient up to go down their progression, their pathway of healing? Are we doing that? Or are we setting them up for failure, for fear avoidance, for not doing anything at all?
1: And I think I guess it's worth talking about. The changes which we're talking about, and you know how common they actually are, and the things we're talking about are things like, you know, dege- the words like degeneration and facet arthritis, facet arthrosis, you know, annular tears. Um, a lot of these phrases, which you know sound awful, are the things we're talking about, which are common and normal and will happen to everyone. And does that mean they are never ever responsible for pain? No, that's not at all what we're saying. But do these things happen to everyone? Yes. You know, if you MRI'd a load of ninety-year-olds they're all going to have a 90 year old spine you know no one's had a spine replacement you know everyone's spine is 90 years old but does that mean that everyone who's 90 has back pain far from it you know these Changes that we see on MRI scans do not correlate well with pain. So, just because you have some changes on your spine that's been shown on an MRI scan, that does not mean that you're going to have pain. That does not mean it's going to get worse throughout life because a lot of people will think that, oh, God, my spine's, well, I've already been told I've got an 80 year old spine. What's that going to be like in 10, 20, 30, 40 years? These things do not deteriorate with, with the time. We, we know that back pain generally does not get worse with time, it gets better. So, those are all really important factors to consider, which if, you know, someone's out your MRI reports over a phone and, you know, just read out a report to you, this isn't conveyed. So it can be confusing. And, you know, it's not as a patient, your job to understand this. This is our job to to kind of explain this to you. So I guess that kind of brings us on then to the follow-up question, Dave, that a lot of people will ask us, which is, Mm. you know, why don't we just get an MRI just in case? And we see that on the Facebook group, you know, people saying I've had back pain for a couple of weeks and all the people underneath just saying, oh, just ask your doctor for an MRI. You know, you never know just in case, why not? Why isn't that, You know, does that kind of go back to what we were saying before?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the reason that this can be an issue is everyone walking around could have many things show up on an MRI that could potentially cause their pain. You could have two people sat next to each other, both with degenerative um, uh, changes in the spine. One who has no back pain at all and one who does have back pain. It's not an indication of pain that you have to have. It's just an indication of usage, essentially, through your spine. You're a human. You've done some stuff. That is allowed. The problem is if this isn't explained well, this can serve to add confusion and um, confusion. And it can actually trigger potentially unnecessary surgeries, procedures, and it can give an overly structural blame on what could be going on underneath. Um, and I mean when we know that pain is rarely due to one singular structural structural cause, then why would we look at everyone's MRI or everyone's scan just in case, searching for what is likely a single structural cause? Um, it can lead us down the garden path.
1: Very much so. And then, you know, the old example that I know we've spoken about before is, as David said earlier, someone could have had pain for two weeks. They've then had a flare-up. They've self-referred themselves from an MRI because, you know, someone on a Facebook group told them that they probably needed an MRI. It's come back and said they've got severe spinal degeneration and facet arthrosis and three or four disc bulges um, and, you know, a couple of annular tears. These are all things which they've had far longer than the two weeks, but they never had any pain before that. But then something has caused these tissues to get sensitive, to become irritated the last couple of weeks. You might've just moved house. You might've been very stressed. You might have taken up a new exercise routine. There are a thousand different reasons why your back pain could have flared up right now at this point. But then they get so fixated on that you know but i've got that disc bulge and someone else they know has got a disc bulge and they ended up having surgery so then they go and see a surgeon who says actually yeah we can you know we could consider doing an injection for this and you know and very rarely do then people step back and look at the much larger picture here that can be having a bit of an impact so of course, that's not every surgeon, and that's not every patient, that's not at all what we're saying, but that can happen. And we've seen lots of stories where people go down the line of having MRIs after three days of back pain and then, you know, come to see us six weeks later with some horrible images in their head about crumbling spines because no one took the time to explain it to them properly. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the other thing that's worth mentioning, Dave, as well is that we people that said, yeah, but I had an MRI and it diagnosed my condition you know, they're saying, you know, well, I had the MRI and it showed me the problem and I, the problem got fixed. And that's brilliant. But I think what people often don't realize is that what's really happening is that an MRI is compared with your medical history, your exam findings and many other tests to come up with the best likelihood of the pain. You know, this is not people aren't looking at an MRI by itself and coming up with a diagnosis. You know, as we've spoken about the user's quote before as well, David Poulter said, it's like looking at a wedding photo and asking who the drunkest guest is. You can have a rough idea of what's going on, but it can be very, very hard to be certain. So when you're looking at MRI, make sure that, you know, whoever's, giving you the results or explaining the findings they should be aware of your medical history they should be aware of your pain your problem they should have your exam findings or if they're not the one that if they're not the one to have examined you themselves they should know exactly what's going on so the MRI is just another piece of the puzzle so MRIs are brilliant when they're used with the right patient at the right time does that make sense?
0: This is absolutely it, and before we get shouted again, hold your horses, Twitter. We are not dismissing the use of MRIs entirely. I mean, they're incredibly useful, and there is, of course, a very appropriate and sometimes imperative time and place for using them. We are disparaging the overuse of MRIs or the standardized use of MRIs for people with possibly transient transient back pain.
1: Good. So that is a, you know, a bit of a whirlwind tour I think Dave of some pertinent questions or some really important questions which, you know, get fired at us a lot, don't they really with probably in our Facebook group most the MRI discussion comes up, you know, with everyone thinking that MRI is, you know, the gold standard as soon as you've got back pain. And whilst as we said it's a very good tool, it's it's not something that, you know, we should use in the first line for for regular back pain outside of having red flags and that's a different conversation for a different day, you know, kind of Obviously, some people do need an MRI, you know, urgently tomorrow or now. um, But that's a different conversation. We're talking about people that don't have any red flags that, uh, you know, are being sent for unnecessary MRIs. So, of course, some people do need MRIs. Yes. (laughs) I think that's caveated well. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's caveated well. I think that, that, that should be good. So, if you are one of the persons wondering whether you do need an MRI or not, you can go over to episode titled is your back pain serious where we go over all of the serious things that to watch out for with lower back pain or episode what number was it with adam dobson it was last november 2020 where we spoke about do you need an mri for your back pain and he also went over all the things as a um, very skilled spinal specialist physiotherapist that he looked out for before sending someone for an mri for their back pain so two really important episodes if you want to go a little bit deeper into this as always if you've enjoyed listening to the podcast please share it with a family member or a friend who needs to hear this information or pop it on your stories on social media. Remember to tag us at The Back Pain Podcast. We love seeing all the people that listen to us. And if you are, or if you do have back pain and you want some help, remember to head on over to our website, www.thebackpainpodcast.com, where we have our very own provider map, where if you are struggling with pain, you can pop in your postcode and you can find someone local to you to help you out with your back pain. And these are people who have been tried and tested by us to make sure that you get the very best, most evidence-based care available. So I think that's it from me. I've been Rob Bevan. And Dave, you've been Dave Elliott. I have indeed. You have indeed. And we've been the Back Pain Podcast. That's it from us. Over and out. Bye.